0: Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. It's great. I recognise some of you may not know who I am, um, (laughs) because Dominic and I have been on sabbatical over the summer for a few months, and um, it's great to be back. It's great to have an opportunity just to preach again. Just to say, um, Dominic and I just really, really grateful again for the way you encouraged us actually to rest in those three months. Uh, We had an amazing um, three months, lots of really good moments. If I start telling you the stories, we really will be here till Tuesday, so I won't do that. But thank you so much for the way you released us. Um, Yeah, it's great, isn't it? What a morning so far. Isn't it awesome to worship Jesus, to know his presence, isn't it? Brilliant to see... New members joining the church family and saying, yeah, I want to play my part. We're so grateful to you guys that you're saying, yes, we want to be part of what we're doing together. We're really, really excited and encouraged by that. Um, many of you know um, I serve on on the Newground core team. Um, Newground is a family of churches that we're part of. I've been with the core team for a couple of days this week, actually. Newground, we're one of 23 churches in England. There's three churches in Scotland, 14 churches in France, six churches in Holland, um, three churches in Brazil, one church in South Africa, and there's also Germany and Belgium and Romania as well, I think. So Newground is this family of churches, and I've got the joy of actually being able to serve on a core team that serves those churches. And I just wanted to share, I've been just hearing the most exciting stories of what God is doing around the nations. This week, just the most encouraging things. Uh, And there are real battles in the churches across the world, across our family, new grounds. But man, is God doing amazing things! Um, like our church in Maastricht in Holland was planted just five years ago. They're now gathering over 200 people every Sunday in Maastricht in Holland. Just seeing extraordinary things happen. People saved and baptised all the time. I heard of a church in England, New Ground Church, at last Sunday. Um, Baptized 12 people on a Sunday, people that have come to faith in Jesus. And the stories went on and on and on. It was just amazing. We actually calculated literally scores and scores of people being baptized. It's awesome. Next week we have baptisms here at Kings. Amazing celebration together. And um, hey, will you join me in praying for monthly baptisms in our church? That's what I'm praying for. Anyone put their hand up? So I'll join you in that prayer, Jim. Wonderful. Let's start praying for regular baptisms in our church. Um, I've heard incredible stories of healing, of God healing people. In fact, this week, let me um, just get this up. I um, received an email from someone in our church. A few weeks ago, if you were here, you may remember Terry Virgo preached. Great words. At the end he said, I really want to be able to pray for people today if you're in pain. And, And there's a whole crowd of people came forward. A member of our church emailed me this week saying, I wanted to send you this account of what happened when Terry prayed for me. I um, always felt I'd missed out on an opportunity to be prayed for by Terry. And I'd ask God for another chance. I used to wonder if there was an issue with my right leg, as I often have, um, she described, like clothes that don't quite fit on one side rather than the other. And I've experienced severe pain while standing, but by no means is there always. When Terry invited those who experienced pain while standing to come forward, I was again unsure whether this applied to me, but decided not to rule myself out, especially as I was experiencing low-level pain around my hip. Terry identified that my right leg was shorter, and he prayed. And as he did so, I felt an indescribable sensation around my ankle. When I opened my eyes, I could see my feet were level with each other. I sensed the Holy Spirit's presence. Terry placed his hand on my head, saying, God loves you. He's healed you because he loves you awareness of the unconditional love of Jesus came to me afresh in a really powerful way having rushed upstairs as soon as I got home I discovered that the clothes that didn't fit me now fitted me and I couldn't quite believe my eyes and I haven't experienced any more pain since being prayed for that Sunday I'm so grateful to God for healing and for his love and they're awesome how awesome is that seeing people welcomed into the church family today. We're seeing baptisms, healing stories. So I've come back from this sabbatical season really, really encouraged, and I'm really ready for the next chapter of our life together as a church. So thank you. Thank you for releasing us um, for these three months. Of course, when you have a season like this, like a sabbatical season, it does they're rare, okay, I've never had one of these seasons before, but it does cause you just to kind of pause and reset a little bit and reflect a little bit and ask some questions about your life and is this where I thought I'd be and, and, and what haven't I seen happen that I thought I might have seen happened and where are the disappointments and where are the dreams that are still unfulfilled and, and I did go through kind of some of that process on my sabbatical and, and I've actually thought a lot about this very moment, funny enough. I thought about what would God want me to say the first time I stood up again to preach at King's after my sabbatical. And I prayed many times about this moment. Lord, what is it you want me to say? What do you want me to share today? And there were no thunderbolts from heaven. Um, I did not receive two tablets of stone whilst walking in the highlands of Scotland. That didn't happen. But I did feel the Lord simply encourage me to speak out some things again about what we're going for as a local church. Um, I felt reminded of some words. There's a little book in the Old Testament called Habakkuk. It's a little prophetic Old Testament book. And, And God says these words to Habakkuk. He says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come and it will not delay. Habakkuk 2 verse 2. There's this encouragement from the Lord to Habakkuk. Write down the revelation that you received from me. Make it plain so that other people can run with it. And I felt God say, just write down what's in your heart for kings. Make it simple so that everyone can run with it. And the revelation that will come to pass, those verses say, wait for it, it will certainly come. So um, I felt an encouragement to just write down some things state some things about what matters to us here at Kings, so it's clear, so others can run with it. And I started writing, and I'm going to share with you what I wrote this, this morning, if that's okay. I'm going to speak about a number of key things, like a number of key headers. I'm just going to spend a few minutes on each one. And I actually want to encourage you in this moment, I, I don't often do this, but I want to encourage you to maybe take out a pen and some paper, maybe a phone, open the notes section, and there's just going to be some keywords that come, and I just encourage you to write them down as I go through it. Maybe you want to write them in the back of your Bible or somewhere, just so you can track with me as I go through the things that I wrote down for this morning. I wrote this, first of all. So who are we at the King's Church Mid-Sussex? Who do we want to be? What's on our heart? What matters to us? The first thing I wrote down is simply Jesus. Firstly, we want to be a church, a community of disciples who are utterly and wholeheartedly and completely centred upon Jesus, who is our Lord, who is our leader, Jesus, who is our inspiration, who is our saviour, who is our friend, our brother, our co-heir, our king, our rescuer, our Redeemer, our reason, our motivation, our role model, and our God. This is all about Jesus. We believe wholeheartedly, Colossians chapter 1, that in Him, in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things are being created through Him and for Him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. So we want to be a church that joyfully submits our lives together to follow Jesus. The head of the church and the head of this local church. To be devoted to him in his ways and his words. To recognize that life in all of its fullness begins when we lay down our lives for his sake and follow him in the invitation that he's called us to. The church that seeks his kingdom first. We lay down our priorities and ambitions. We lay down our desire for comfort or our desire for popularity and seek the kingdom of Jesus first. We don't ask him to follow us to get on board with what we're doing. No, we follow Jesus and what he is doing on the earth at this moment in history. We joyfully and seriously recognize that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We want to be a church whose relationships are defined by and rooted in who Jesus is and what he said. We want to be a church whose worship is passionate because they know the one whom they are worshiping. And they know that no one or no thing comes even close to the glory and the wonder and majesty of Jesus. And we want to be a church that preaches Jesus, because that is the message. We do not preach morality, philosophy, self-help messages. We preach one message, Jesus Christ and him crucified to the glory of God. Just to give you permission, if you agree, you can go, yes. yes. It's okay. I went to a church in our sabbatical in Enfield in North London, led by friends Toppy and Kemi Kolo Korioso. They're Nigerian pastors. The church is beautifully Nigerian. Everyone's going, Yes, Pastor, preach it. Yes. You have permission, church. If you're a Christian here today, you're a new creation in him, in Jesus. You follow a king, you follow a saviour, you follow the Lord, you're a disciple of Jesus. So this is our starting point, church. may sound obvious, but sometimes we forget the obvious. Why are we here today? Because of Jesus. He's the reason. A church that follows Jesus, speaks about Jesus, worships Jesus, is centred upon Jesus, whose whole existence can be summed up by this phrase, we live and we long to follow and glorify Jesus. We are a church that's going after Jesus. Number two, second word you can write down, is the word. We want to be a church that takes the Bible seriously. We believe the Bible is divinely inspired and the supreme authority over our lives. So so all that I'm saying today, we haven't just made this up. It's like we've gone in the room and thought, oh, what should we do? No, we find it in the Bible. (laughs) So we're rooted in this. We believe, as it says in Hebrews 4, verse 12, that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's living, it's active, it's the blueprint, it's our our beginning point. We don't pick and choose from this the bits that we like. Discard the bits that we don't. We submit our lives as a local church to the Word of God. It's what we do together. All of it, even the bits that are tough, even the bits that, if we're honest, we prefer they weren't in it. We submit our lives to the Word of God. So that means as a church, we're never going to just. We're never going to adjust or amend Scripture so it becomes less confrontational or more popular for our culture to hear. It's not the kind of church we're going to be, however tempting that may seem. No, we believe wholeheartedly the only way actually to interpret and understand our culture is by having a thorough understanding of what the Word of God says. It's their way round. That means what we believe and what we say on certain issues, certain doctrines may not always be popular. But we're going to be a church of clarity, not compromise. We're not going to be pressured to squeeze into the patterns of this world because we're called to be faithful to Christ, not faithful to our culture. And so we surrender our lives to the Word of God. So we will be informed and inspired by the example of Jesus and the words of Scripture. We want to be Bible people here at King's. Uh, one of the things I've been thinking about that we're passionate about is how can we equip every, equip every member of our local church to grow in their love and knowledge and understanding and hunger for the Word of God. We're Bible people I want to take it seriously. Third word, Holy Spirit. We also want to be a church that is full of the Holy Spirit. A genuinely charismatic people. A people who prize both the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. A people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit and who walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And a church that takes God's promise that he will pour out his Spirit on all people. Let me read these verses from Acts chapter 2. Peter said, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. See what it says, it's a promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit following in repentance and baptism. <laughs> there is an order, repentance, baptism, the gift of the Spirit. Let me encourage you again, if you've not been baptized, I would love to encourage you to be baptized today. And so we take God at his word, at his promise, and we pray, come Holy Spirit. <laughs> When we gather together like this in mornings like this, together in our life groups or at prayer meetings, we're praying, come Holy Spirit, because we believe there's a promise that the Father wants to pour out His Spirit on His church. So we never just gather to go through the motions. We gather to meet with the living God through his spirit. And we want to be a church that displays joy and kindness and patience and goodness and self-control and love and faith, the fruit of the spirit. And we also want to be a church active in the gifts of the spirit. We want to be a prophetic people, recognizing the gifts of the spirit are for today and not just reserved for a few, but for the whole body and we want to be a church empowered by the Holy Spirit because we've got a message of good news, of an awesome God of love, but we need the empowering work of the Holy Spirit that we may be his witnesses. So we're going to be a church full and continually praying for the fitting of the Holy Spirit. Put your hand up here if you know you need more of the work of the Spirit in your life. Okay, Lord, i just pray right now. Hear our hearts. You said the promise is for all who are far off, for all who called on the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for our church to increasingly know the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Give us a hunger and a thirst for you. Help us to believe the promise of God is for us and for today, for this day. I pray, Lord, all those that put their hands up, I pray they may know in increasing intimacy with the Holy Spirit this week. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Who's with me so far, church? We want to be a church, number four, that prioritizes prayer. Everything that Steve shared last week about praying together. I am 100% persuaded that without praying together, we'll never see the things that we long for together. I feel like I want to raise a trumpet call for prayer today. Something so powerful about praying together. You know, If you read through the book of Acts, see about the first church, we don't actually read about their extended times of sung worship. Although I love extended times of sung worship and worship is core to the church. If you read through the book of Acts, we don't read that. What we read about is a church that prayed and prayed and prayed. and Extraordinary things happened in their day. We're making some changes to how we gather and pray this term. We're gathering next Sunday evening. We'll be in Home Coffee House, 7 p.m. I, I, I dream of and I'm praying for that room to be packed full with people calling out to God and asking for his kingdom to come in mid-Sussex. For us to come together and say, God, we're going to take you at your word, take you at your promise. We can believe you're a God who hears our prayers. So next Sunday evening, 7 o'clock on the Wednesday evening, we're going to be in Hayward's Teeth praying again. Believe God's called us. Have a presence and how your teeth. We're going to root that in prayer. There's a prayer room, Steve mentioned. Sign up by yourself, by, with your family, with friends, with your life group. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let me show you a, a video. Part of my sabbatical was in Scotland, and, and I went walking by myself, which is quite a thing for an extrovert, but I actually enjoyed it, um, uh, out to the highlands and then out to the islands. I wanted to find a little place called Barvas on the Isle of Lewis. And um, in this place 74 years ago, God moved in extraordinary ways. And I filmed a little video. Can we, is that okay, guys? Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. I'm in um, a little place on the Isle of Lewis called Barvas. It's a tiny little village, it just goes up one road here, one road down here. And um, it was here in Barvas in 1949 where there was an incredible. Revival. Duncan Campbell, who's a preacher, um, very, very involved in um, the revival, says that he didn't bring revival. Revival started when the people of the parish of Barbas had a keen awareness for the presence of God. Well, this is the parish of Barbas. And um, this church behind me here, um, Barbas Parish Church, is where Duncan Campbell first preached and he came here in 1949, he sailed to the island, his first time to the island, and um, they brought him here, nine o'clock in the evening, and um, there's about 300 gathered in this church, and he preached a message, he says it's a pretty ordinary evening, but then what happened was that, the meeting finished and that opened the doors and there were 600 people stood outside that had felt compelled to come to church they didn't know something was going on but they had felt compelled in their homes around this whole area to come to church and um the meeting continued in this church here until 4 a.m in the morning and as they were leaving at 4 a.m another young man came up to Duncan Campbell and said you've got to come with me Mr Campbell because there's a massive crowd gathered by the police station about a mile from here and 400 were gathered outside the police station crying out to God and um, the police station was next to a little cottage where a, um, a two women lived the Smith sisters and um, the Smith sisters were 82 and 84 one blind one arthritic and they've been praying for revival, praying that God would visit their parish, praying that God would pour out water on dry ground. And they were absolutely devastated that there were no young people in the church in their parish of Barbas. They were devastated there's no young people come to church. They started praying and they prayed twice a week from 10 p.m. sometimes till three or four in the morning, praying for revival. And that is really where it all began. It began with two ladies in the 80s praying for a move of God and at this church, Duncan Campbell arrived and preached and meetings would go on to three, four o'clock in the morning. And then it spread from here all around the Isle of Lewis and Harris. Many, many parishes received a visitation of the power of God. In, in fact, um, the revival went on for three years here. Um, and this is one of the reasons I've come to Scotland on my sabbatical is because I wanted to come to this place. Um, Cause I've read so many stories about it. There were no young people in the church in this parish at all that's why the Smith sisters started praying God would it do something new and the revival happened amongst young people scores and scores hundreds of teenagers were wonderfully um, saved and entered into the kingdom of God and went as missionaries all around the world and it started with two ladies in the 80s praying God would you pour out water on the dry land um, it's an incredible privilege to be here in this church where it all began here in Barbas um, so I thought I'd share it bless you guys It really was such an um, extraordinary thing. There's literally nothing there. <laughs> literally. You're like, God, where did 600 people come from? Like, um, I've read so many reports of the Hebridean revival. It was such a privilege to be there, sit on the steps of the church where it began. But it began because two elderly ladies took God at his word. Said, you said, Lord, you'd pour out water and dry land. So come to Barvas. Who... who I'm calling us. Who's going to pray like that for Mid Sussex? You said, God, a generation left the church. You said, God, yeah, these prayer evenings. Please don't think, are oh, they just for an older generation, or they're for the really keen ones? Or no, no. I'm calling the whole church. If you can get there next seven o'clock, even in seven o'clock, I think we might even have donuts. Tim, is that we're going to have donuts? So if you if you weren't excited about prayer, come for a donut. We are now. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> we've got to be a people of prayer. If we lose that, guys, just we've people of prayer calling out to God. You said, Lord, for one of the things we're really keen to do, um, we're going to keep gathering to pray different settings, prayer weeks, prayer evenings. But um, you'll remember um, Sue Pretty, dear member of our church, beautiful prayer, serving our church. She passed away, went to be with Jesus last year, left our church a legacy. One of the things we wanna do is to build a permanent room of prayer in the building with that legacy. So we have a place of prayer here at the center where people are walking in the building, if they want to, they can come and pray and we can be praying for people. So we're just looking at options on that right now. But right at the heart of the King Center is going to be a place of prayer. So we want to be a people of prayer. Okay, fourth one. Right, Jesus, Word, Spirit, prayer. I'm going to talk about just disciples. We're going to be a church that makes disciples. It's the primary role of the church. At the end of the gospel, Jesus left his followers with a very clear instruction. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. It's our primary responsibility, actually, as a church to make disciples. So we're passionate about introducing people to Jesus, right? Because we want to help them understand the wonderful, life transforming message of Jesus. And if you're here today and you've not heard the gospel, the good news of Jesus, of the fact there's a God of love who. Was not indifferent to the concerns of our hearts, and then he sent his son to come near out of love. And Jesus showed us what it means to be fully human, but he died in our place and rose again to new life, so we can have a new life and a new beginning in him. If you if you don't know what that is, can I please urge you you can come and talk to me or to someone that you know here? I want to share the gospel with you. It's good news. It's good news. This is discipleship. We introduce people to Jesus, but it's more than just introducing people to Jesus. We want to encourage and teach and train and equip every person that follows Jesus to know what it means to obey his teaching, to live as Christ lived, so that they also can introduce others to Jesus and teach and train and encourage them to become like Jesus. It's how the church has grown. Disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Not reserved to the few that are paid, but the whole body of Christ they're called to make disciples. We believe that's the best way. Um, The best way to do that is through healthy local churches. And we recognize that this call Jesus gave us is not limited to Mid-Sussex. It was never limited to just here. It's make disciples of all nations. So we are called to think globally when we think about disciple-making the instruction is to make disciples of all nations. He says, go, make disciples. It's not passive, it's intentional, it's mobile. It means that we as a church will see Mid-Sussex as our priority, but we'll not stop there because we're called to go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. We're called to make disciples of all nations. And so we have a heart to see healthy churches established here and elsewhere because it's part of making disciples of all nations i want to serve what God is doing in other places. That's why I rejoice about what's going on in Maastricht, because I'm like, yes, fantastic. Disciples are being made of all nations. It's awesome. It's why I'm excited. In November, we've got the New Grand Leadership Conference here. We've got pastors coming from Portugal, from South Africa, from Brazil, from Holland, from France, from Germany. They're all going to be in our building. Don't miss out on that. You can book in, too, 9th to the 11th of November, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Or maybe you want to serve at that. We're going to welcome nations. Encourage the church to serve nations. That's why we are called to not just be here, but to be part of something bigger, to make disciples, raise up leaders, serve other situations. Two more things I'm going to mention, then we're going to pray. Family. We want to be a church that is family, not just putting on a series of events that we attend, but building a community of interconnected relationships that are centered upon Jesus, everything Steve's been talking about this morning as we've welcomed in new members, where we are longing to see our lives connected with one another, lives shared, burdens carried, prayers prayed, to rejoice with one another in times of celebration, but to mourn with one another in times of trial and the challenges that life throws us, a church that's intergenerational where an older generation will know that they have a God-given responsibility to pray for and invest and set an example for a younger generation, and a younger generation who are eager and keen to learn from those who have walked faithfully with Jesus for decades. A church that is welcoming of all, where people can find home and belonging and experience the love of God. A church that is multicultural, multicultural. Allowing our differences to be a reason for celebration and not for division as we find ourselves united in Christ, a church that truly displays the multi-dimensional, multicolored beauty of the kingdom of God, where we learn from one another's stories and backgrounds, and where we seek forgiveness and reconciliation where needed, and where together our lives paint a vibrant picture of Jesus' glorious church. So we long for our life together as a church to be far more than a meeting. But lives lived alongside one another. One body where we recognize our need of one another. where there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. A church that is family. And finally a church that is moved by compassion. As Jesus was moved by compassion. Jesus Notices those on the margins. Jesus was willing for his schedule to be interrupted in order to care and to serve. He went out of his way to care for the least and the last and the lost. We want to be like Jesus. We want to be a church that knows it's called to be a light in the darkness, to bring hope where there is no hope, to be a city on a hill that can't be hidden, to be a church that seriously engages with the biblical call to remember the poor, not just as like a few projects that we do out here, but in our very core, in our very DNA, like our heart beating, blood pumping around our veins, is this call to be like Jesus for the least and the lost, to live with compassion that is in our very DNA as a church. To hear the Bible's call to honour others about ourselves, so we live lives that are outward-looking, not inward-looking. And that those who are marginalised, those who have no voices, can know there's a church here that cares for them. Not an add-on, but the very core of who we are. So just look at these words with me for a moment. Church centred on Jesus. Church... Serious about the Word of God, a church serious about welcoming the Spirit, a church of prayer, house of prayer for the nations, a church committed to making disciples, not just here but beyond, a church that is family, a church filled with compassion. Are we there with all of this yet? No. (laughs) No. But I felt like I wanted to set a trajectory saying, guys, this is what we're about and this is where we're heading. I wonder, as you look at that list... I wonder which one stands out for you. Maybe individually you look at that and think, do you know what, I've just I've just yeah, lost my way a little bit and my love for the Word of God. I want to get a fresh passion for the Word. Because these things will get embodied in our life together. It's not like we said it all up here. It's like, how do we engage and embrace and carry these things together? So maybe you're like, I, just, I need to, I want to, I've got a longing to fall in love with the Word of God again. I, I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, or I need to learn how to pray. Jesus, teach me how to pray. I'm going I'm to be in the room. I'm going to be with others, hear their prayers, encouraging my prayers. Yeah, what's my responsibility to make disciples of all nations? How am I going to get involved in what we're doing in compassion? I don't know, maybe that one of those things just stands out for you. This is what we want kings to be all about, guys. I'm aware time is nearly gone but I don't want to miss a moment for us to just land something in our heart. So we're not, we're not going to sing today, but thank you guys anyway for your hard preparation. I appreciate it very much. I want us just to pray. And what I'm, what I'm going to do just for a moment is if you know like God is speaking to you maybe about one of those areas, or you just feel excited and you're like, let's go, I'm on board. I just want people to, in their own time, just stand and say, God, I'm up for this. I want to be part of this. This is, I want to be involved. I want to play my part. Just in the moment, don't rush it. But if you know God is saying, yeah, one of these I want to grow in my own life Or, come on, let's go. I'm on board. Just begin to stand up where you are. I'm just going to pray a very simple prayer. You may want to open your hands to Jesus. It's. You may wonder why do Christians do that? Here's a biblical encouragement to lift up holy hands to God in prayer. So I'm opening our heart, our life to the good gifts that He has for us. Lord, I pray. Lord, I. I pray for the church you're going to mold us to be. I thank you for the church that we are, for our journey, for the 40 years or so that you've been with us, that you've been faithful to us, that you've led us. So grateful, Lord, for your hand on our lives. Every answer to prayer, every moment we've been aware of your presence in the storm. We say thank you so much for the journey thus far. But just in this moment we just simply pray Lord will you mould us to be the church you want us to be not just the church that we've been but the church you're calling us to be and I pray Lord God for these, these areas Lord God for however we grow and develop them and there's loads of things I know Lord on our heart and things that you haven't even put on a heart that are going to feature I pray God for us to be like flexible clay in your hands, not resistant, not rooted in the past or tradition, not nostalgic, but a church willing (laughs) to be molded by a good father, that we may be good news to mid Sussex and beyond. So Holy Spirit, will you work in us teach us to pray. Give us a love for your Word. Help us to have a hunger for your Spirit. Teach us what it means to live lives alongside one another in family. Help us to make disciples who are mature in Christ. Help us to have a core heart of compassion for those who need to know the love of God and experience the love of God and see the love of God in practical action. Lord, burn these things on our heart, I pray. For your glory, Jesus, it's all about you. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Jesus, it's for you we love you help us i pray amen thanks for listening to this message from the king's church mid-sussex to connect with us online visit tkc.org.uk we hope you'll join us again soon